So hands down, Advent is my favorite season of the church year. For so many years, I have loved the waiting. I loved the purple, now blue, vestments, the Spartan altar, the candles, the simple greenery, the buildup week by week, ending with the crescendo that is Christmas. I loved the preparation, making the Advent wreaths and ripping open Advent calendars and the daily transformation of my parents' home. I loved the gradual glow of the lights on the houses that lit my way home from school in the late afternoon darkness. I loved the smell of boiled custard and pound cake that came from my grandmother's kitchen and the way she set the table way in advance for the family meal. I loved the slow unwrapping of the nativity scene stored in a Harry and David box and the anticipation of the baby Jesus landing in the manger on Christmas morning. I loved waiting week by week for the same story to unfold in a different way each year. The truth is, I think Advent gives me and my tender, vulnerable heart a great deal of comfort. I know that no matter how messy December gets, no matter how blue Christmas might be, no matter who comes home for Christmas, no matter what plague faces our world or my world, Christmas will always come. The baby will be born at the end of Advent, and all the world will be filled with the hope and possibility of God's plan for salvation to be realized. I have always trusted in the story that the Bible told me, that when that baby was delivered, so was I. I think I really just love Advent because I love a story whose ending I can count on. But as the years passed, I began to notice that the chaotic world in which we live looked strangely unchanged on December 26th. Even in churches, Advent may have prepared us for Christmas, but not for the work of Christmas. And I began to wonder if there was more to Advent than waiting for Christmas, waiting for the end. I began to wonder what is the church inviting me to do during Advent so that I can live more deeply into the hope of Christmas long after the season has come to a close? Could it be that maybe the waiting and preparation of Advent is not just for Christmas, but for that second coming the one that brings about God's kingdom once and for all, 
Could it be that Advent preparation demands something more of us than waiting and expecting and hoping? Maybe a little bit of doing to help bring about that kingdom come? Could it be that as we are looking for the light that is coming, it's supposed to lead us into the shadows, beyond the manger, into the world that desperately needs illumination? Could it be that all the hope that builds in us during Advent is supposed to carry us beyond Christmas morning? Could it be that Advent is to prepare us for more than the ending we already know? The one that God has already secured by sending us Jesus. The one that is already and not yet, and instead prepares us to usher in the new kingdom in our time, in our own way. I don't know, maybe Advent is a season where we stop and discern what is being required of us as disciples. Discern how we are to follow Jesus in the mission that made him incarnate and what we need to do individually and corporately to participate in bringing about the kingdom in his name. If so, then I think Advent requires a whole different kind of waiting and preparation than I've been doing all these years. I've been feeling kind of holier than thou that I wait to decorate until the week of Christmas. Resist the items at Walmart that come out in July, or making my kids wait until the 12 days of Christmas, which by the way is after Christmas morning. Waiting for the second coming is much, much harder than waiting for boiled custard to thicken and takes longer than the new iPhone to come out. It's a whole different posture when you're waiting for a new world order. When you are figuring out your role in bringing it about. It requires so much more patience, so much more vigilance. When you wait with hope for a different end to the story, one where Christ is not only born a servant, but reigns as king, takes a whole lot more discipline. Think about our readings today. I mean, how long has Isaiah been inviting us to turn our swords into plowshares and our spears into pruning hooks? Yet war continues. How long has God been waiting for us to turn from destruction to creation, from tearing down to building up? 
and yet the destruction abounds. I think about how long we have been reading from that lectern and lecterns all over the world, Paul's words to the Romans, wake up. Lay aside the works of sin, people. Put on the mantle of Christ, you disciples. Live honorably. Stop quarreling and being jealous but live as Jesus lived, so that the kingdom will come. Uh, maybe the magic of Advent is that we can begin to wonder what this new world order will look like, to dream of how it will take place in our time. Maybe we can use what scholars call prophetic imagination to dream about this new reality. Maybe the work of Advent is to begin to see a world where justice and peace reign, where hope is tangible, though it's not fully realized where we look for where the light is leading us to bring about peace and love that was already born to us but needs to be spread. I know maybe that won't happen until or unless all this Advent waiting and preparation leads the people of God to action and participation in the mission of God. You know, Matthew suggests it's about discernment. Maybe Advent is when we are to discern our gifts and our commitments and our callings and to see how we are specifically invited to participate in the coming of the kingdom. Maybe Advent is when we're charged to do this really hard countercultural work of choosing a different world order make our hearts ready and our minds ready to bring about God's kingdom now. Maybe Advent is how we practice living in the light of the transformed reality. I mean, having already been transformed by the Christ event, maybe Advent is how we participate in the transformation of the world that's still in progress. Maybe Advent is how we discern how we are invited to participate and partner with God. Maybe if we stay attuned both to the signs of God's power and presence, as well as the signs that the powers of this world are doubling down, then Advent will lead us to go into the world to make a difference in places where the kingdom has not yet come. Maybe we can start conspiring to co-create with God to bring salvation to the ends of the earth until God's reign has finally come.
It's so easy, isn't it, to forget what we are doing in Advent, what we're actually preparing for, what exactly we're waiting for. The disciples in today's gospel sound like me. Oh, when's going to happen? What are the signs going to be? What can I do to get ready so I can start analyzing and critiquing and strategizing about how I can be ready and get there faster? Advent is about the hard waiting period that Jesus warns them of. He tells them, hey, Lissa, no one knows when the end is coming except God who designed all things. And yours is not to worry about the detail, but to live each day prepared for it and living into it. The Gospel of Matthew leads us this Advent, this liturgical year, to watch for the coming of the Messiah as not merely an Advent practice, but as the normative state of readiness required for all disciples. Matthew stresses the importance of wakefulness, of watchfulness, of readiness. Yes, Matthew wanted to reinforce a literal expectation of the return of the sun, but he was much more interested in teaching the great lessons of Advent because there's a deeper concern with the shaping of the lives of those in his church so that they practice the coming of the kingdom. I think that's the purpose of Advent, to help us shape our lives so that we are ready for the miracle, to clear out our eyes so that we can see the light, to remember the work that has already been done, and to get to work on what is left for us to do. We've all been there on Christmas morning. It always disappoints a little. And we know that no Christmas morning can do more than what God has already done. Our job is to come to each Christmas morning new, having spent Advent discerning and preparing and asking what God waits for us to do to help make Christmas the miracle God intended. So I'll leave you with this. These days... Advent for me, and I hope for you, is a time when even though we know what happens on Christmas morning, we allow ourselves to admit that we don't know the end of God's story. We didn't maybe know how much it involved us. It's time for us to set aside our calculations and predictions and live into the mystery and wonder of what has been, what is, and what could be. Advent demands preparing for the work we have to do as individuals and communities. Advent insists 
that we expect the reign of God to come and that we expect to participate it by resisting in the ways of the world and the logic of this empire and turning to the God who redeems. Advent is the perfect season to cultivate our prophetic imagination, to let our hearts and minds wonder where God is at work, what God is doing this Advent, and where God calls us to be co-conspirators in the kingdom coming. My friend Bonnie, who wrote a beautiful book called The Seasons of Wonder, walks us through 52 weeks of devotions and prayers and practices and rituals about how to cultivate wonder. But I think my favorite part is when she talks about Advent. She says the way the church has designed Advent as preparation and waiting and expectation and hope is a radical, radical move. She says keeping Advent is countercultural. So I invite you to join me in the revolution to make Advent more than a waiting game for Christmas morning, but a preparation for the kingdom coming and a preparation of our hands and feet for the work that we have to do to bring about this kingdom. Amen.